Hi, I'm Patty Rappa here with Lindsay with YouTube Nation. Tell us more about what's going on with YouTube Nation. So YouTube Nation is a daily show that tries to curate and capture the best things on the YouTube platform every day and serve it up to you in a magazine style fashion with a host and let you catch up on all the best videos in one place very quickly because I know we don't have enough time. There's never enough time in the day to see everything amazing. So we just try to collect a bunch of things and show them to you every day. YouTube Nation is a co-production between YouTube and DreamWorks, and I've been working on it since last September. Yeah, you've had a lot of experience in this space, different projects. This is kind of the culmination of all of the different web video projects I've done starting um, in 2006, um, because we're really getting to leverage the amazing archive on YouTube and all of the um, eyeballs on YouTube. Um, I've done independent shows, I've worked for CBS, I've made a daily show for AOL, and they've all been incredible stepping stones to getting to do something on this level. Absolutely. And now how did you actually come, how did you transition into this space specifically? So I was an actor mm -hmm. and I got tired of waiting for somebody to call me and put me in something. So I was on Craigslist looking for gigs and of course I was trying to make money and I ended up answering an ad for being an online host. And at the time, this was 2006, I didn't even know what that meant what's an online show and what would the host do um, but it was produced by a couple of really cool filmmakers who had only done documentaries before that so they were experimenting in the space too the show that they planned was about the stock market I didn't know anything about that but they didn't either we had a venture capitalist involved who knew all about that so we just took a leap and made a daily show called Wall Strip um, it had some venture backing so um, it made sort of a, st a smooth transition into being acquired by CBS, who was looking to make acquisitions in the space. Mm -hmm. And then I worked for CBS for two years, making daily shows, um, a show called Mob Logic that was about progressive politics and sort of um, took a man on the street approach to collecting sentiment about the news. Mm -hmm. um, and then a bunch of other things for CBS that some of them wonderful, some of them terrible. And and so it goes. On it rolls. On it rolls. And so now the DreamWorks uh, project, did they approach you? Did you approach them? How did that whole Because online out? video is still a very small ecosystem compared to traditional media. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the people who were involved back in 2006, you know, 2005, around the time that YouTube launched, are the same people that... Um, made independent shows that grew up together with my shows, and we all stayed in touch. We're kind of um, the old people in the space now because, <laughs> of course, there's so many new faces and young people grew up with YouTube and making web video as a part of their daily life. Um, but the executive producers, Steve Wolf and Zadi Diaz, are people I've known forever in the space, and they approached me about doing the show. They're the executive producers under Jeffrey Katzenberg, and, and I produced The Daily Show. Fabulous. And now, what it, what are some of the highlights of, of this particular project and the things that it's going that's going on with it? I think that um, the really big opportunity with YouTube Nation is that still, even though everyone uses YouTube as a utility, um, everyone's looked up something on YouTube: how to tie a tie or how to cook yeah. bouillabaisse. Yeah. Um, there's still a little bit of a perception that it's full of cat videos and how-to videos. 
And I think YouTube Nation is really an editorial opportunity to demonstrate how much incredible original content is being created on the platform, how much news content is being created for the platform. And to surface that every day makes me a believer. And I think if I can get people to subscribe to the show, they'll be believers too. There's so much interesting stuff going on on YouTube from a content standpoint and from a human spirit standpoint of really showing what people are capable of when they have a camera in their hand. After I finished my contract at CBS, I, there was a part of me that thought maybe I'll go back into doing traditional media. Like maybe I'll, um, be an, a journalist for television. Um, maybe I will pursue acting again, but really the, the experience of being swept up into digital media at the nascent moment of it completely captured my imagination and I really couldn't quit online video. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to because mm-hmm. the opportunities were scattered and um, my husband and I were living in New York at the time, but we wanted to um, move out here to LA. Um, but online video grabbed a hold of me in 2006 and really hasn't let go. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of other different kinds of projects along the way. Um, I've been a commercial actress and have had commercials running throughout my entire career mm-hmm. since I graduated from acting school. Um, but that has never captured my passion and energy and enthusiasm the way that online video has. And the space is still rapidly changing and growing. And YouTube Nation is an example of big media putting their muscle behind it in in a pretty meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also just deeply fascinated and and proud of the kind of work that's being done by smaller channels, by independent media companies, both on YouTube and on the other platforms too. And speaking of independent media companies, you also have an independent media company. I do. I house all of my freelance projects Mm -hmm. um, in my company, Long Future Media. I've been working with the same editors and shooters for a long time. And I still, even though I'm pretty busy with YouTube Nation, I still um, get approached by longtime clients and new clients, mostly startup companies, to make videos to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody needs a video to tell their story these days. And video is a hard skill to learn, an expensive skill to outsource. And, and I, because I have a passion for startups, it's something that I don't mind sort of lowering the bar of what I might charge in order to be able to be a part of the startup experience. Sure. So I've worked with a lot of really cool startups over the years. Working with them from the beginning of the, you know, they had the idea, we need to make a video, we need to explain our product, or we need to explain our services, or we need to explain how much our partners get from our business. I love to make videos about that, and that's what Long Future Media is. My um, all-inclusive side project to still be able to tell the stories of startups. And so you're definitely, you're, you're in front of the camera, you're behind the camera, you're all, everything in between. So you know what it means to truly be in that entrepreneurial spirit and to really have to deliver on all these different notes. I think it's given me insight that maybe not every video producer might have. When I walk into a startup, I've been a part of um, a very rocky startup in the beginning. Wall Strip was literally held together by masking tape and shoestring. Um, and then because we had a successful exit, it's given me insight into that, you know, what the goal is of, mm-hmm. of many startups and then what it really takes effort wise to get there. Um, and, and it, the experience of being a part of a startup with wall strip definitely gave me a lot of empathy for startup founders 
and passion for the space. So a little bit of a different insight than maybe someone who comes from traditional media. And speaking of tradition, how do you feel that being a woman in this space, does it, does it suit you? Does it, is it in your favor or does it maybe work against some of the goals? What, what do you feel about that? My world is full of women who do what I do, um, who produce online media and who, and so I'm not in a boy's world necessarily on a daily basis. That doesn't mean that I haven't faced some sexism or that, um, I haven't either used my gender to my advantage because I'm in the minority and I can sort of get attention that way. Um, maybe I've had more speaking opportunities because everyone needs to fill a panel with at least one woman or maybe, um, or maybe it's just made someone remember me if they've been approached by various vendors who are male and sort of fit the traditional profile. They might remember, Oh, that woman who produces online video, maybe I'll work with her. So Lindsay, tell me when you decided to make that leap into, you know, DreamWorks corporate environment and still had some entrepreneurial uh, projects and, and your own company, mm -hmm. how, how, how did you emotionally, mentally prepare for that kind of transition? I mean, anytime you work for a big company, there are more levels, more layers of bureaucracy to push through to get a project greenlit. Mm -hmm. um, but really the opportunity can be much bigger and the resources of course can mm -hmm. be much more plentiful. Mm -hmm. So after bootstrapping through many different online video projects over the years, um, and then experiencing life inside CBS and having plentiful resources, I really feel like the best mix for me is to go small and then big and then small and then big. I fully believe I'll be a part of an indie project again that is bootstrapping all the way and you know I'll be eating ramen well into my 40s I'm sure because I do enjoy that blood sweat and tears mentality mm -hmm. of startup life um, but working for a company um, that but working for a big international brand in media has its advantages and I would I left at the chance to do that that's interesting. And so when, when you decided then to go through some of these different, you know, phases in your life, mm -hmm. were you finding ever that you needed to prepare yourself? Okay. I'm going into a big corporate project now. I'm, I'm working on an, on an indie smaller project now, or is it the same across the board to where you really have to just kind of say, I'm, I'm, I'm making it happen every day, no matter what. I think the way that I have navigated through the online video world is actually just representative of the way that the space has shaped up. There really weren't any mainstream big corporate backed projects for online video in 2005, 2006. Mm -hmm. um, YouTube wouldn't have dreamed of investing in content at that time because they had just created the platform and didn't even know what it was going to be used for. Mm -hmm. So I was doing an indie project then. Then um, big media companies got wind of what was going on online and they thought, oh, we need to get in on that and we need to make acquisitions. And some of the acquisitions they made turned out to just be total busts. Um, and that they had to take those chances and, you know, experiment that way. Um, my experience of working for going from working for a startup online video show immediately, you know, overnight to being housed under CBS was actually full of challenges and very frustrating. Um, I was much happier being a creator 
who was making it for myself and for our team. Mm -hmm. But what I learned navigating in the corporate waters was pretty invaluable. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely would advise people not to close the door. If the opportunity knocks for you to do something on a bigger platform and a bigger scale, go for it. I mean, all you stand to, you stand to gain so much experience and I think it's worth the frustration. And I find it refreshing that you say that you are okay with doing the smaller projects again and then coming back to corporate because I think that sometimes we as as creators, as entrepreneurs, we feel like we have to move up this ladder and we have arrived and once we've reached that certain platform, mm-hmm. we've reached that utopia. But it's not always like that. It, it can definitely be the smaller projects and so refreshing to hear that you've, you've found a lot of joy in those smaller projects as well in creating. Absolutely. I think that I've had more fun and more freedom, creative freedom. I still consider myself an artist, even though I've been working for big corporations for a long time, Mm -hmm. maintaining that seed of being a real, um, being an artist within that environment. is really difficult. You have to put your armor on and just go to battle every day, Mm -hmm. but it's worth it. And then when you get tired of fighting the man inside of a big entity, then go back to doing it for yourself. Find the love again. Find the genuine passion that makes you tick. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe also that going right toward that seed is what will attract the big resources anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I'm sure that lots of really talented, creative people have gotten stuck inside that ladder mentality of, oh, I've just got to do a bigger project and then a bigger project. And the budget, if it's not going up every time I sign on the dotted line, then I'm not headed in the right direction. But I have an intuitive sense in my gut when I'm headed in the right direction and it really doesn't have anything to do with money. So it sounds like you're definitely talking all about centering yourself and getting back to the basics in many cases. Mm-hmm. Female entrepreneurs, what would you, what advice would you give? My advice for anyone who wants to start a business or start a project is the same advice you'd see a lot of places, start it. And then don't be afraid to go through doors that don't seem like the trajectory you set out to go through. You never know what opportunity is behind what door. Mm -hmm. And if I had only gone through the doors that I thought made the most sense and thought, you know, were the, if I had only gone through the doors that had the exact writing on the door of where I thought I was headed, I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am and as satisfied as I am right now. I have gone through all different kinds of opportunity doors for for different reasons. It's the best thing for my family. It's the best schedule. It's the best... um, I'm scared, but it seems like it might be a huge opportunity. I might just have to give it a try. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no such thing as a simple path where you just walk down a corridor and open the next door and the next door. It's never going to be laid out like that. Here, here. I'm Patty Rappa here with Lindsay Campbell with YouTube Nation. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Thank you.